Hello and welcome to the first official Fan the Flames football podcast. I am your host, Ben Reynolds, um, formerly known as the Football Elitist Podcast. Um, as you can see, the logo, that is the old logo. I'm currently working on a new logo um, that is more Liberty Flame-centric. As you can also see, this is not necessarily the first official podcast of the Fan of the Flames football podcast. There's also a reintroduction um, type podcast that goes over um, where I've been and what I am looking to do with this podcast. So it's actually an extended trailer because I also probably should re- redo the trailer again um, and do that a little bit better. That's all right. Um, I've been out of the podcast uh, booth now for almost an entire year, it seems like. The last time I had recorded um, before this week was back in April of this year. And before you know it, it's going to be April all over again. Um, so I'm really excited to have the first official Fan of the Flames football podcast. I kind of um, wish I would have started this sooner and would have done this earlier in the season. However, I'm glad that I'm doing it now and i I wanted to kick it off with the early signing period special um, and talk about that and then the upcoming bowl game against uh, Eastern Michigan, which is uh, the Lending Tree uh, Bowl, uh, which is going to be a pretty fun little uh, fun little uh, game <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, the kickoff is at 545. We'll get into that more Um when it comes later in the podcast, I want to talk about uh, the the signing class today um, first to kick off the podcast. Um, but before we go too deep in, I just want to also uh, talk about a little bit about this podcast. Um, you know, I'm someone who, if you haven't read or looked at the bio or um, you know, to see me on Twitter, my name is Ben Reynolds. Um, I am a former Liberty master's degree, um, students and I graduated in December of last year, stuck around Lynchburg. And now I am happily living in Lynchburg, <laughs> um, and have a great job here. Very thankful, Liberty season ticket holder for for the football team, um, and I'm looking possibly in the future to be a Flames Club member, um, and maybe even looking into eventually getting men's basketball season tickets. Um, right now, I just can't make all the games, so it's kind of difficult for me to uh, go. I'd rather just go to a couple games um, compared to on Saturday. Saturdays are usually a lot more free for me c- considering my job. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really more about me. I've loved football my entire life. Grew up in a football family. Wanted to be a football recruiting analyst or in a athletic department in the football department of some type of division one college and help it out with their recruiting. And I also 
even thought about maybe looking into being an NFL scout. Um, if you just listen to the, my first podcast, you know if you you know me personally. Thank you for listening as well. Um, that's awesome. I'm so glad you're supporting me. And for the people who don't know me personally, you've probably seen me on Twitter. Um, I don't tweet very often, but I do like a lot of different Liberty tweets and uh, Bills tweets and. Penn State tweets, those are kind of my teams. I really only care about football, and that's what gave me the title of the football elitist, also because I was a little bit more, um, I would kind of not disregard, but seem like I was dismissive towards people's opinions. Um, I've kind of grown past all of that. Um, that was mostly um, a humbling experience in myself, not because, oh, I'm no longer pursuing that career, but it became a point where I had to step down from uh, my my pedestal as per se, if you want to say that, and kind of humble myself and say, football is not the biggest thing in this world. I love football. I'm, I really want football to continue to be something in my life that I deeply care about, hence why I'm doing this podcast, but it is not... Um, it is not above God. It is not above my family. It is not above my friends. Um, and it's not above church on Sundays. It just isn't. Um, so that's a little bit about me and my kind of uh, humbling experience with that. I still passionately love football. I still went, uh, still on Saturdays. Saturdays are my day that I sit down and watch football all day. Um, I'm more of a college guy rather than an NFL guy. I do love the NFL um, and you know, if you listen to the first podcast, the first not official podcast, but uh, you'll you'll get a kind of an understanding of that. But I hope you listen to this one um, first in a way because it is more relevant to right now. The first podcast is more, like I said, more of an extended trailer. Um, so let's kick this off. You know, huge day for Liberty. Huge day. I am so excited um, to... Uh, go over this list of young young men who are going to impact this program that I deeply care about. Uh, Hugh Freeze is fantastic. He just he just really he really goes out and finds program fits and you know just guys who are going to build this program for the future. Um, they are really truly building blocks for this program, and I am kind of. Uh, kind of shocked with some of these guys through they've pulled um and we'll get into the ones that i've sh- that were shocking there's a couple of them that i'm like whoa this is crazy and so there's 17 signings um today that uh, you know hugh i uh, listened to the interviews you know i've looked at the sea of red uh their posts and uh, i also listened to um I believe it was Nick Pierce or Alan York, one of the two. Um, they had a Liberty, uh, Liberty like official signing day special where they talked to um, the director of pers- uh, the director of football player personnel, something like that. Uh, I, I I can't really I didn't write that down, <laughs> so that's my fault. But uh, respect to that guy. Um, I'll have to look that up here um, in a bit. Um, but you know, it, it was cr- quite a day. Um, There's a couple of surprises um, that weren't previously committed um, or announced their commitment uh, before today. And I am uh, 
basically going to go over each one of these players, starting with a quarterback um, and just going down offense to defense, of uh, the different commits um, that are rather signings today. Um, and I did a lot of film work on these guys. Um, being that uh, I'm not, I don't have full access to all film. I watched their huddles. Um, I tried to pull up as many games as I could um, for the guys that were the transfer transfer portal transfers. And uh, you know, I just, I really, really enjoyed um, following through all this. And it's not over. They still are looking. Hugh says that he's looking still for maybe an offensive tackle and a center. Um, Maybe even possibly another defense tackle, some safeties and corners um, could also be in the lineup. Excuse me. Um, uh, so uh, it, it's it's going to be very very interesting uh, to see once the season is over. Because if you guys remember last year, guys like Skylar Thomas um, and I believe even T.J. Green didn't sign till the second period, if I'm remembering right. Um, so there's still going to be guys that are going to be transferring. Um, I mean, there's still guys that today was, you know, announcing that they were announcing that they were going to transfer from their current school. And I mean, that just shows you there's a lot more work left to do. And uh, Hugh Freeze also commented that he's got, I think, another official visit lined up for some different uh, prospective recruits for next weekend. And I am interested to see how that works out as well um i'm right now looking oh this is it was ethan johnson director of player uh personnel was the guy that they interviewed i just wanted to get that his name out there um yeah he was excellent invited uh he he had a lot of insight on um some of the guys that they signed today and i am very interested to see um how each one of these guys play out. So uh, without further ado, without all the <laughs> rambling, um, uh, which I just want to quickly go on a tangent. I am looking for possibly having co-hosts and someone maybe possibly working with me on this. Uh, right now, this was kind of my plan. It was kind of last minute. I actually just thought of this idea in the sense of this type of podcast um, because I've been wanting to get back into podcasting. Um, because I have all the equipment and um, I don't have like extreme levels of equipment, but I do have a good um, set of things that uh, make me make it very capable for me to produce a quality podcast. And, you know, I'm just looking for someone who is passionate about Liberty football. And I'm hoping that I can get someone who's solid on that um, and who could be somewhat of a mainstay. Um, and it might, you know, be a few different people. I don't know. Um, so right now, I'm not a big fan of recording by myself, as you can tell. But uh, enough with the rambling. Uh, I just want to start with, uh, you know, uh, you know, man, the quarterback, Charlie Brewer. Um, he he is he is a big name. I was absolutely shocked um, when he committed. Uh, I remember seeing. A sea of red posting about it and I was like wait he has another year of eligibility that was my first thing I was like whoa he has one more year of eligibility and I understand with COVID it made things difficult but from just kind of uh, knowing and following Baylor at one point I really did cheer for them 
um, just because of them having the same, um, I guess you could say, mission in a way as Liberty. Um, and for the and for a little while when Penn State was down and out, that Baylor was kind of my program um, that I followed. So, I mean, it, it became, you know, I think at the time that I really got following them was Bryce Petty and there was uh, Corey Coleman was the wide receiver and uh, KJ or KD Cannon, I think, was a, one of the other receivers. And there were some other guys. I can't even remember some of them, but I did. I was a big Bryce Petty stan, as one would say. Um, and Charlie Brewer came up um, not too long after him and uh, he was part, one of the main reasons why Baylor uh, became relevant again uh, after some uh, things that had gone down with the Bryles family he kind of revitalized that um, and uh, it was more art than you know Kendall but um, and that's just another story um, but um, it, it was it was very interesting to see Charlie Brewer um, commit. I just, I was, I still am kind of shocked. <laughs> this is one of the shocking ones, but it is one of the big time commits, and it, he's going to bring competition to that room. Listen, uh, JB, Caden, and Nate, they all need someone to push them. They, and, you know, in the sense of, Someone with a lot of credibility and starting experience. Um, JB doesn't have that. Caden doesn't have that. Neither, neither does Nate. And I'm very high on all three of those guys. I think JB could still end up winning this job, if not Caden or Nate. Um, I think this is going to be one of the more interesting quarterback rooms in the nation, not just in the Lynchburg area <laughs> or even in Virginia between UVA, Virginia Tech, and Liberty um, and Old Dominion. And, uh, you know, I am very excited uh, to see what happens there um, between those four. So he's got one more year. He's going to bring some leadership. And, you know, he's already been a steady starter. I don't think he did too much with Utah. Um, It just never really clicked there. And um, I'm surprised that uh, he transferred there to begin with. just because of, uh, you know, I just, I never really thought it was maybe so much of a scheme fit. Um, I mean, you, you just see it nowadays. There's very rarely um, players that, you know, transfer Power 5 to Power 5 um, and continue to be that starter. Um, so, I mean, I think Bohannon had beaten out Brewer, and that's what caused him to transfer to Utah. It's just you see a lot of uh, different uh, starting quarterback that are in the Power Five. They end up transferring to a group of five school. There's been Nick Starkle. You think about um, Jake Hayner this year with Fresno State, and now he's transferring back to Washington. And, uh, you know, there's been uh, – what was his name there? Uh, he transferred uh, from Texas to SMU. Um, the name is slipping my head. Uh, it's at the tip of my tongue. But he – and he played phenomenal. Shane Buscelli is his name. That's I, I didn't even look that up and just came to mind. Um, so there's just a few different guys. Charlie Brewer could be that same guy, and maybe that's why he's headed to Liberty. He also looked at Malik, even though Malik's a different type of quarterback. 
Malik's far more talented. I will say that. No offense to Charlie. Um, Malik's just a first. He's a first round tail uh, caliber quarterback. That's just as blunt as you can say. Um, and I like Charlie. Um, I'm happy what he brings to this program, and I'm excited to see him play next year um, if he gets a chance and he wins that job. Um, I would not be against it. I think Caden and Nate could use another year. I think Caden has the talent, but it's going to take some time with, uh, you know, being able to get into a position where he can feel like he's comfortable with this offense and being that leader. Um, and I think that's that's just going to have to ring true with those guys. I think if anything, it's going to be JB. But either way, who knows? Crazier things have happened, and we could see any of these four starting. And ah, man. I already thought that this quarterback room is going to be interesting, and Charlie Brewer just adds to it. Um, so I know that I've rambled a little bit uh, long on Charlie Brewer, but there's kind of a history of I've, I've been I was a fan of him. I did follow him during his Baylor years, um, and then kind of lost him in the mix when he went to Utah. The next commit was kind of out of the blue. Uh, he is a very solid running back. Um, great signing for these guys um and he adds to the running back room he comes from chandler arizona he's a short of a smaller back but uh you know he i i believe if i'm i wrote this down but i believe this is right tj green is also from chandler arizona it's a very very good um high school football town chandler arizona i believe it's right outside of phoenix and he's coming from hawaii um, quite the change in weather <laughs> year round for a day day hunter but um, he had a huge game against uh, excuse me against Nevada and he had two 70 yard plus touchdowns so he had one I believe for 75 and then another for like 82 84 um, and he just he just pops off the off the screen when you watch him play if you look at any Hawaii game this year, he is he's kind of the guy that they relied on. Now, he did not have a 1,000-yard season. Um, you could tell that at the end of the day he was a freshman. So, um, But at the same time, they put a lot of the workload on Day-Day. And um, that's saying a lot because Hawaii is known to be a pass-first team. Um, they rely a lot on the pass. So there hasn't been very many well-known Hawaiian running backs Um, and I don't mean by the state they come from but the college that they play at and he played very very good Um, and the tape that I watched he has great speed and burst and has a very good vision Um, he also had a very good game against Fresno Um, and Fresno is a ranked team even though they ended up losing and I'm just really interested to see um, where he lands in this room. Shedro is a burner, and he's, I, I mean, he's smaller than Day Day, um, but he's proven himself to play against big competition and step up when needed. Um, and TJ, I really think, is the best running back in this room, and I think he has a very high ceiling. However, that might change with Day Day. Day Day might have the highest ceiling out of these guys now. Um, is he going to be the bell cow? I don't think so, but I know that, you know, he's got 
I believe, three more years of eligibility. So he's going to have at least two years um, if he doesn't play much this coming year and kind of he kind of shares a workload. He's got two years to be the guy. And um, if, if that all rings true. So we'll have to see with his um, development. I'm, I'm very excited. Um, I didn't know too much about him until – this past weekend I'd heard of him because I watched the Hawaii UCLA game and I kind of turned it off after a while because UCL stomped UCLA stomped them and it kind of just was uh it's kind of like oh yay football's back week zero can't wait and then it was like uh Illinois Nebraska which turned out to be a very good game and then Hawaii UCL later in the day and you know, I wanted to watch DTR, but DTR was missing a couple of throws, and I was just like, ah, I got, I mean, I got other things to do anyways. So, and then they started running up the score, and I'm like, okay, this is just going to be a blowout. There's no sense. And because they were UCLA, <coughs> excuse me, UCLA was running all over the Hawaii, Hawaii defense. So, I mean, it, it <laughs> that's the most I know about Day Day. Uh, moving on to Caleb Sneed, uh, wide receiver, um, right out of. Heritage um, High School and here, right here in Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, he's transferring from Campbell, uh, who, you know, had a pretty solid season this year, Campbell did. Um, I think they kind of, uh, to their probably um, standards, they probably underperformed. They had a lot of transfers. and um, But Caleb Sneed was the big bright spot on the team. He was just voted uh, 2020. 2021 AP third team FCS All-American. So, I mean, fantastic season. He popped off uh, the screen, you know, when it came to, you know, watching his film. He, he just, there's something about the guy. He just, he's, he's just creates separ- separation. Um, he's got a big frame and he wins a lot of 50-50 balls. Um, with his big frame, and he just is a true number one outside receiver. Um, he's what Liberty has been looking for these past couple of years um, since the departure of AGG, and you know he just he's just gonna be huge for these guys. Um, I am I am so stoked to have him. He is by far by far the like I'm the most excited about Caleb Sneed because. He's another playmaker um, for the Flames, and he just adds to that wide receiver room. Um, he was teammates with Chris Meganson, who is our number one corner um, on defense, and he just, uh, you know, he seems to be friends with Javon and uh, I believe Tyron Staples, as Hugh Freeze was talking today, and some other guys. And uh, I'm so happy for him to. Uh, come home to Lynchburg and play for Liberty, and he just seems like an all-around. He's you know, he, speak of all-American, he seems like an all-American dude as well. And uh, I'm very very excited to see what he can do next year. You know, I mean, he had almost 200 yards and two touchdowns against James Madison, one of the top teams in the country. Going to be moving up to the FBS level here soon, and uh, I'm I mean I, I just can't really say too much more about the guy is the film speaks for for itself and if you're at the Campbell Liberty game this year um, he was one of the few uh, bright spots on uh, that offense outside of uh, I think it was uh, 
Malik is Haig Malik Williams. I think his name is Haig Malik Williams was their quarterback. Um, if I'm remembering his name right and getting that right. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited that that was big. Uh, I had a feeling it might happen, but uh, nothing's guaranteed because he is a very talented player. So uh, big, big, big. I am excited. Very, very excited. And keeping at the wide receiver position, um, here's a guy that uh, Hugh Freeze called him um, – well, he didn't call him, but he said he reminded him of AGG, speaking of AGG. Uh, and that's a very good comparison. Um, he was He's a three-star wide receiver coming out of Tennessee, um, out of Maryville, Tennessee. He's number 33 in the state of Tennessee, and he's 141 overall wide receiver in this year's class um, nationwide. And... He's another big frame receiver at 6'4", 186. Um, He has great hands and concentration. You know, Hugh Freeze also said that he's happy that we could, we could, we got him at, um, at this point. Um, And he committed and stayed with us because he was really, really starting to uh, show other different schools and get a lot of recognition from some power five teams. And I'm I'm excited that he stayed uh, committed for, uh, to Liberty rather and he's going to be signed up ready to roll and you know they got their future outside receiver um, you know they really haven't had much size this year um, with CJ departing and then they had some outside receivers that were co- going to come one was from North Texas the other one from Georgia and then they just didn't end up working out this is huge this is what they needed and they're going to continue to um, look for those types of guys um, when it comes to recruiting. Um, I, I really do believe in the next coming years um, because Caleb's only got one year of eligibility left. I think they're going to they're going to have to look for another guy because um, they only really have um, you know CJ's kind of big, uh, Brody he's only got one more year, and then also uh, Noah Frith who is the right now the best fit outside receiver when it comes to size wise um, on the team but he was also offered by coastal marshall mid tennessee uh excuse me middle tennessee state um among others he played uh, at a great high school even played some corner um on defense um he's got plenty of get up um, one of the things that I saw was he would need to work a little bit on, a bit on his route running. That can be very, very um, common when it comes to your bigger body receiver. Um, you sometimes just don't have the, the fluid hips yet, and you're not able to drop your hips and really you know, be able to uh, play with cornerbacks um, when it comes to messing with them. Um, but he did run, uh, from what I watched on the film, he did run – uh, some very good routes. Um, they used him on a lot of posts and slants, and um, it was impressive because, those, especially on posts and slants, you're running right into the defense, and you're gonna have to go and get the ball. So I'm, you know, so I put down great hands and concentration, and he's just fantastic at that. But like 
But like any receiver, he's going to need improvement. And like any player in football, he's going to need improvement. And it starts with his route running. Um, and I think that could really change his game and put him at the next level. I am very excited to see what he does um, when it comes to um, putting muscle on his body too. He's already a big receiver. He needs more muscle on his frame and then also working on his route running. He's already a very willing willing blocker as well. That was something that I saw in the films um, that I was able to watch from Huddle um, that you know was impressive. Um, he's not afraid to go out there and block and uh, the best receivers in the NFL are unselfish like that, um, and they turn out to be uh, very successful. So I want to move on to tight ends. We're going to kick it off with Tegan Martin out of Mayer, uh, Minnesota. Um, he's a 106-ranked uh, tight end in the nation. He's a three-star, and he's a 16th recruit um, in Minnesota. He's also another big body, and the, the trend continues at wide receiver and tight end. Um, he's 6'6", 220. Um, one of his biggest offers was Iowa State, and Iowa State um, this past year had uh, two very good tight ends. One of them is Charlie Kohler. He's one of the top tight ends upcoming in the draft. Um, so the fact that he's choosing Liberty over Iowa State is already um, something to be behold, and I'm excited to um, see what he can do at Liberty. Uh, he's He's got uh, tons of power. One of the things I noticed was he's very good after the catch, uh, the yak, yards after catch. Um, he's a solid blocker. Um, he's more evidently seen as a blocker from what I looked at his film. Um, it seemed like they used him more as a blocker. But he's got decent athleticism, um, which combine that with uh, power. I mean, he's, he's for his frame, you know, he's he's not going to burn you from what I see, but he's going to run you over. And he's going to catch, oh man, he's going to catch everything. Um, he made a lot of plays by being a bully is another thing that I wrote down. And He's got a very, very high ceiling. He's going to have to put some muscle on. At 220, that's not very big. Um, uh, I mean, Liberty has an elite training staff with Dom and Danielle. Um, and, I mean, I'm just really excited to see. Uh, I, I mean, I'm excited about all these. I, I'm going to have to change my terminology because I'm excited about all these guys. This is uh, the class that I've uh, been really stoked about. Um, I've been kind of thinking about it. Um, ever since some of these guys have committed. And Tegan's one of them. Um, Liberty has needed a tight end, um, I believe. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I think it was Hugh that said this today, that he's looking for size and um, at, in his tight ends. And that's critical. That's critical. Some of the best tight ends out there are 6'4 and above. And, um, you know, you look at Kyle Pitts and Pat Fryermuth, who were the two top draft picks in last year's draft. Both of them were o over 6'4". And they had a lot of reach to them uh, when it came to being able to outstretch and catch balls and uh, be able to um, make plays and be a reliable uh, receiver. Uh, the tight end position is uh, something that I am passionate about. I love the tight end position. Um, it's something that I grew up playing and um, really studied throughout the years from Todd Heap to Jason Witten to um, like Penn State's Mike Gesicki, he now plays for Miami Dolphins. Just for, for, to say, you know, a few of my few idols when it comes to uh, the tight end position and who inspired me. So when I talk passionately about tight ends, 
you know why. Um, the next guy uh, came from Minnesota, Austin Henderson. He was a transfer uh, from Minnesota, University of Minnesota. Yeah, man, uh, another big-bodied uh, tight end receiver playmaker from Nashville, Tennessee. He's 6'6", 245. He already has family here at Liberty, um, is what Hugh said, and what I had already heard before Hugh had talked about it in the press co- press conference today. Um, he's got four years of eligibility, and you know he's a very good blocker and a very solid receiver. I think he's, he's a better receiver right now, um, of course, with two years ahead of Tegan than you know, Tegan, I think he's a better receiver right now. He was a little bit – he had more targets in high school than Tegan did um, from what I at least saw. Um, and he's got a very high ceiling. So he's someone to really look out for. He didn't play much at Minnesota, uh, but uh, he's a power five uh, caliber guy. So bringing him in is huge. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Jerome Jackson's coming back, and uh, there's Michael Bollinger. He's more of an H-back type guy, but that tight end spot's going to be open after Huntley leaves, and, you know, I've been waiting for them to have someone who can be a dependable receiver out there in the Y spot as the tight end, and I think both Austin and Tegan have the potential to step up and be um, that guy and I think it's going to be Austin of course obviously first he is the older um, one and he has more experience and his body I believe is built more to be playing next year at a high level um, so I could see him stepping right into the role as a second tight end right behind Jerome Jackson um, yeah we're going to move on to the offensive tackle uh signing uh he's a juco his name's reggie young he comes from iowa central uh community college he's new he's from new orleans originally um they had him listed as a number one inside offensive line juco um he's top 50 juco by espn but um he claimed on twitter that he is a tackle and he played tackle he played mostly right tackle um from the tape that i saw he's 6'5 275 he also had offers from ucf uh not ucf usf excuse me uh louisiana tech uab and western kentucky um he needs to add some weight Hugh mentioned that as well um he's gonna have to probably add probably a good 30 pounds for him to be if not a little bit more to kind of get him to a very good spot um he's very athletic that's what I saw off of it. He's very good off the snap. Um, he's got solid hand placement most of the time. He's got a very good kick on pass blocks. That's when they're really kicking and getting back. Um, he seals off blockers very well in the run game. Um, but he's going to have to get better at uh, moving to the next level by that as a defensive line than the line on, you know, different blocks that include, you know, powers and uh, counters and such. Um, he's he's going to have to get better at that, but I really like his football IQ. By his football IQ, he can read blitzes. I've noticed that he's very good at picking up those blitzes when it comes and uh, when it comes to um, uh, you know twists and turns uh, with the defensive ends and defense tackles, um, doing uh, all sorts of things to um, try to you know move their hands and do different. Uh, 
pass rush techniques, and um, he just seems to stick with guys very well. Um, I think the run blocking is is going to improve, but I really think he's got potential to start next year. I don't know if he's a left tackle type guy, um, but you know uh, he played right tackle. I could see him maybe moving and possibly moving to left tackle. There's going to be a void there with um, Tristan Schultz leaving. I don't know um, if Cooper can play left tackle. Um, I think, you know, I think it would be smart to keep him at right tackle, Cooper McCall, just so that way there's some type of, you know, consistency on the line. Uh, However, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see where they put them. And if they pick up some other offense tackle recruits, whether it's through JUCO or maybe even a very good high school recruit or um, the transfer portal, it's going to be interesting to see how they move people around on the line, um, being that they're going to be losing Thomas Sargent and uh, Tristan Schultz, two different two different guys who have been stalwarts on this offensive line uh, for the Liberty Flames. Moving on to the other side of the trenches, um, you got C.J. Basil, 6'2", 220, from Miramar um, in Hollywood, Florida. He's a number 83 edge and uh, three-star, number 216th uh, of uh, Florida when it comes to recruits. And he's got offers from Army. He had offers from Army, Kansas, Navy, and Coastal, among others. He's fantastic off the ball. He's got good hands. He's high energy. I think he might be the gem of this class. Um, He's very underrated uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, he. I I guess from what Hugh was saying, that um, he he was someone who had came here from Haiti, I believe. And, you know, it's – I can just really tell that he loves football, but he could add some bulk. 220 is kind of a small frame for a defensive end, Um, but um, he's going to be very underrated um, when it comes to, um, you know, comparing him to the next guy, which is Mayan Conway. Uh, Mayan Conway is, you know, he's a stud too. However, you know, CJ, I think, is going to surprise some. Um, that's a very, very deep defensive end group right now, and it's going to be tough for him to see the field early um, with Christian Zachary and Trayson Clark coming back and uh, Steven Sings and uh, Akil Washington. It's a very deep room. Mayan Conaway, I think, has a chance to be the guy soon, uh, quicker than uh, Basil, but I still think that uh, Bezo might be the gem of this class. Um, the, that guy that's just, people are going to be like, okay, awesome, big body, defensive line, great. And then he just ends up being the guy that steals the show. Um, speaking of Conaway, he had offers from Mississippi State, Mizzou, Coastal, Marshall, TCU, and Middle Tennessee. Um, a few different Power 5 uh, programs listed there in Mizzou, Mississippi State, and TCU. Um, 6'3", 221 comes from Jeff Davis, um, Hazelhurst, Georgia, number 89 edge, um, and the number number 42 recruit in the state of Georgia. Um, he's a three-star. Um, 
you know, he doesn't give up on plays. He's solid, solid edge run stuffer, a very good athlete. He needs to work on his bend and moves. Um, he's a little bit more of a bull rusher. And Hugh Freeze uh, called him Trayshawn Clark um, in the sense of Trayshawn Clark 2.0. And I could see that. I could really see that. Um, Trayshawn Clark is a solid pass rusher, but he seems to be more of a uh, run stopper defensive end. He really holds the edge well. Um, and Conaway does the same. And very interesting to watch this film because he's got the burst to get off the line and really get after the quarterback. Honestly, it's always refreshing to see a defensive end who can stop the run um, and set the edge, and that's important um, in this game. It's you know actually overlooked at times. Everybody just looks for sacks, and having those uh, you know run stuff and plays, you know they matter especially early downs when teams are running the ball in the first and second down. So very excited about him as well. Moving on to the defensive tackle, Bryce Dixon, 6'3", 285 from from Butler, uh, Matthews, North Carolina. Three-star, number 97, uh, overall defensive lineman in the country. And number 38 overall in the state of North Carolina. Had offers from App State, Georgia, Duke, Missouri, and among others. Um, he turned down many different uh, offers from Power 5 schools, um, from what Hugh Freeze was saying today in the press conference. Um, he's a very good block shedder. Has good balance to recover from blo- any type of, um, uh, like when it comes to uh, getting off the ball, uh, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, he has very good balance to recover from things like that. He needs to lower his pad, pad level uh, coming off of the block in the sense of coming off the block of his stance. Um, but when he does lower his pad level, um, he wins most of the time. He's He is a very, very impressive defensive tackle. He's just going to be... A dominant force and just man adds again to a already deep defensive line group that is returning uh, next year. Right now, they're going to be losing both Ralph Struzans and Elijah James because they no longer have eligibility. But at the same time, this is a very deep defensive tackle uh, group when it comes to depth. Um, you got Kendy Charles and Henry Chibouzier. Um, just to name a few, Chris Chris Bodie um, and Marquise Brunson are a couple others. But it's going to be very interesting to see how he um, fits into this depth and he adds to that. Um, now moving on to linebacker, you have Jordan Norwood, who's six foot one, two hundred pounds, um, from Littleton, Colorado, Valor Christian, um, home of the McCaffreys. Um, such as Christian and Ed McCaffrey, for example. He's a three-star, um, number 206 overall linebacker and the number 15th recruit out of Colorado. Um, he needs to add a few pounds, um, again, like a lot of these recruits do, um, especially for his size. He could end up being uh, a Mod Walker uh, 2.0 when it comes to starting right away as a freshman. It's because they're both losing... Uh, Rashad Harding and Story Jackson to eligibility. They will no longer have uh, both Jackson and Harding, which were two very good 
uh, senior leaders who came in as transfers from Prairie View A&M and ULM, University of Louisiana, Monroe, uh, respectively. He's got great instincts, Jordan Norwood does, um, and he's very good laterally. He's very quick. Um, he's pretty solid block shutter. Um, but my goodness, the vision. Um, he breaks down the tackle very well, and he's very solid in pass coverage. So it's going to be fun to watch him in the coming years as he grows as a football player. One of the more interesting things while watching his film uh, was a white versus white jersey game against Oaks Christian. Um, I don't know if that's a tradition, but um, it's just a fun little tidbit that I found while watching um, this film. Moving on to the other linebacker is Mike Smith Jr., um, who's six foot one, two hundred twenty-five pounds. He's he played at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. He is a three-star linebacker. Um, he's a number th- five JUCO linebacker in the country and number eleven uh, JUCO prospect out of Mississippi. Hugh Freeze calls him a future captain, and he has offers from University at Buffalo. Old Dominion, Kansas, UTEP, and Western Kentucky. Um, He decommitted from Kansas last night. That would be Tuesday, December 14th. And was a surprise commit to Liberty this morning. He's a very confident tackler. He's smooth. He's got heat-seeking type um, awareness. He's, you know, the heat-seeking missile, um, as one would say. He's solid in coverage, capable. but he can get beat sometimes. Um, but uh, his defense awareness is super high. Um, he's very patient um, by that. He he isn't afraid to wait for the um, the running back to uh, make the right move, almost baiting him into uh, the place, and that he doesn't get nervous. Um, sometimes by that I mean he doesn't get over-pursued on a running back. He is patient with that, and he doesn't get too caught up into different jukes and head fakes and such, um, which is very, very uh, uh, interesting to watch. And it's, you know, something that is very valuable in a linebacker. Um, Moving on to the corner position, we have Antoine Jackson, who is six foot 160 uh, from Warner Robins, Georgia. He's a three-star corner. Um, He had offers um, from Pitt and Florida Atlantic. Um, he's a long corner and he's always near the ball. So he follows the ball very well. Um, he always gets his head turned, um, makes a lot of plays. Um, he had a blocked kick that he scooped up, um, for a score. Um, he also had, um, a strip sack fumble, um, that he also picked up, I believe for a touchdown, um, or, maybe just for a long run back. Um, He breaks down well when it comes to making the tackle. Um, He can make up for when he does get caught beat. Um, He's got a lot of recovery speed. And he fights with his hands well and always looks for the ball, which is very, very critical when it comes to being a cornerback. And it's very, very refreshing to watch someone who is so good at such a young age at that. so that just shows why he did have an offer from um, a Power 5 school like Pitt, who is uh, this year's ACC champion, for example. Moving on to the next corner, Dexter Ricks, 
Uh, he's six foot one, one seventy five. He's long, a lot like Jackson. He's a little bit bigger. He's got a little bit more size. Um, he came. He's coming out of uh, Baldwin and Milledgeville, uh, Georgia. Uh, he is a three star cornerback. Um, you know, he's ranked num- number one forty one in the nation at that position. Um, he's the one forty four recruit in the state of Georgia. He had offers from. Western Kentucky, George Southern, among others. Um, he's got great length, like I stated, but he's also a very heavy hitter. Um, he works very well in zone coverage, uh, reads the quarterback's eyes very well, um, and seems to be always in the right place at the right time. Um, and he's very capable in main coverage as well, man coverage as well. And I think that's going to be something um, he's going to continue to work on. Obviously, um, I know that. Um, it's very, very um, difficult to be man coverage. Uh, that's what offenses look for is man coverage. And if you can be solid in man coverage, you can make it to the pros. Um, it's as simple as that. Um, moving on to safeties, um, we're going to start off with one of the home run hitters in Brylon uh, Green, Brylon Green. Um, and I say home run hitter because he's also going to be playing baseball at Liberty. Um, he's 5'9", 159. He's undersized by most standards, but he doesn't play like it. I can promise you that. Um, and he's from Lafayette, Louisiana, which is Lafayette Christian. Um, he's a three-star cornerback, number 120 in the nation. Um, they have him listed as corner, but I think he's going to project as a safety. Um, and it seems like that's what most people think as well. Um, he's the number 52 recruit in the state of Louisiana. Head coach Hugh Freeze says he reminds him of Mike Hilton. Um, he also had offers from Louisiana Tech, Arkansas, Auburn, Washington State, among others. Um, just to put in perspective, uh, Mike Hilton was also considered too small, and now he is a uh, long-time vet uh, in the NFL. So that will be very interesting to see um, how he balances um, baseball and football and how he continues his development. He's a playmaker um, to open up his um, some of his highlights and, and and also some of his film, his game-by-game film. Um, I remember seeing on Twitter a few months ago, uh, or a couple months ago, where he had a pick six, um, red and and when you look at it from uh, more of a film aspect, man, he really read that play. Um, I think he might have been out of uh, position for for a bit, but he read the play. Um, I couldn't tell. If, I think they might have been in zone coverage. Um, remember looking back, but um, so he's got play, good play recognition, um, and I could see him playing both safety and nickel. Um, he's very fearless for his size. His film is fun. Um, but he does not play um, like he's undersized. And, uh, you know, it's just very, very fun to watch him. Um, you know, I look forward to watching him um, on Saturdays with the Flames because he's going to be a game changer. And I think he'll be also a game changer out on the uh, out on the diamond as well when he plays Flames baseball. So we got two last recruits. Um, we're running a little bit late tonight. Um so I don't know if I'm going to get to the bowl game. Might make that a separate episode. Um, I just had a lot to talk about when it came to the recruiting day, and I kind of wanted to more focus in on that and then focus on the bowl game. So so I might do a separate pod um, on the bowl game. Um, so getting it through here. 
Another safety is a Corey Jones. Um, I believe I'm saying that right. He's 5'11", 180 um, from Mount DeSales Academy in Macon, Georgia. He's a three-star recruit. Um, he had offers from Army, Syracuse, Kansas State, uh, University at Buffalo, Coastal, and UAB, among others. He also played running back, too, and was a burner and athlete. Um, can really light some people up, but mostly his uh, his film was offense, um, but he's projects as a safety for the Flames, and um, he's got big-time p- potential. Um, moving on to Jaden Sweeney. He's another surprise of the day. He's 5'11", 175. He is out of Clay Chalkville um, in Pinsonale, Alabama. He's a three-star. He had offers from Army, Coastal, and Duke, among others. Very good tackler and can disguise coverages um, very well, um, which is really good to do as a safety. Very great at saving plays. Um, He makes up for any type of uh, coverage mistakes and can sniff out plays before they happen. Um, He's a true leader, and he's got very good speed. Hugh Freeze said today at the press conference that he could start early. So if that says anything, you know, we might be seeing him out on the field next year starting. So that's the entire Flames uh, signings from today. I went a little long-winded on some of them, but this is my first podcast back. And I really am looking forward to um, continuing to make these podcasts. And uh, I'll have another podcast out hopefully Friday afternoon um, about the bowl game. Um, it's going to be a shorter podcast. Um, it won't be as long-winded as this. I wanted to put the two and two together, but um, I'd rather just go back and um, get things right and things fixed up and make the sound quality, uh, continue to make the sound quality better and do some editing and stuff for the podcast and um, get that uh, ready to roll for tomorrow and just have this focus in on uh, signing day. So I'll have a podcast for the signing day and then I'll have a podcast for the bowl preview, which will be shorter than this. And then I'll also have a podcast with the reaction to the game um, that will come out on Sunday. Um, and then after that, I'll uh, take a break for a couple weeks with Christmas coming up, going back home to Buffalo, New York and then from there, I'll probably, uh, you know, do more of NFL prep. And then I'll have, uh, when I get back from Buffalo, a podcast for the Flames players who are going off to the NFL, such as Malik and uh, even Josh Mack and uh, some of the others who have potential to make a NFL roster, roster spot next uh, fall. Going to focus in on that and... Uh, there will be um, all-star games. Um, hopefully, I don't think I've heard any other invites, but I know that Malik's going to be at the Senior Bowl and the Combine. Um, I'm sure he will be there as well, being a top quarterback prospect. And maybe there will be um, maybe like a Skyler Thomas or someone like that get an invite to a com- to the Combine. And um, also the Liberty Pro Day as well. I don't think it will be televised or anything, but I'll try to get what I can out of that and uh, see if there's any buzz around these Flames players while also talking about the NFL draft and talking about just the NFL in general. So I'll be talking about that a little bit too, but not as much um, because this is a Liberty Flames football podcast. Um, So thank you again for the listen. I'm going to wrap things up and 
get rid things around for the bowl preview podcast, which will be shorter. And I hope you have a great rest of your day today. Um, being that this is released on Thursday and recorded on Wednesday night after signing day and, um, phantom and go flames.